chapter 9 verse 10 living reading from the new living translation luke chapter 9 verse 10 and verse 17 uh, holy spirit father would you speak to your people as only you can uh, you know every individual's situation you know their circumstances you know what they've been through during this past week these these seven days that occurred between last sunday and this sunday and so Minister to private thoughts, private conversations, private situations, private discouragements, private questions. Just you speak so that they would know Brian Green is not speaking uh, because Brian Green could not know all of those things that you're going to say. And they will give the credit to you in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Uh, Luke chapter nine, verses 10 to 11, I'm mean 10 to 17. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. So they had pulled off these incredible miracles and healings, and they gave Jesus a report regarding what had happened. Then uh, he slipped quietly away with the disciples, Jesus, towards the town of Bethsaida. Verse 11, the crowds found out where Jesus was going, and they followed him. Jesus welcomed them, and Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God and Jesus healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to Jesus and said, send the crowds away to nearby villages and to farms so that they can find food and lodging. That is a place to stay for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote, in this deserted in this lonely place, there's nothing to eat here. But Jesus said, on the contrary to sending them away, Jesus said to them, you feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this massive crowd? For there are about 5,000 men there, and my guess is that if you counted the women and children, there's probably about 20,000 people there. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups, in small groups of about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up towards heaven and blessed them. He looked up towards heaven and he blessed the five loaves and two fish. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers as a symbol, as a sign, as a memorial as a souvenir for what Jesus did. And each one of you is sitting here right now. You have souvenirs, spiritual mementos that have reminded you of 
the goodness of God to your life. Can you say amen? Some of you are even carrying that memento in your arms. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to point out any folks around here. Two weeks ago, we talked about a culture of blessing. And that's what we're trying to create, a culture of just being a blessing to each other. And we have seen that escalate. Last Tuesday was just amazing, uh, particularly in the afternoon session where we just spent time blessing each other and folks in tears. It was wonderful. It's wonderful to know that you can be a blessing as opposed to simply come here in the church and receive a blessing, a culture of blessing. And then we talked about last week that seemed to get a lot of feedback by the grace of God, the crisscross blessing. And that is where God just knows where to find you, that people are positioning themselves for raises and promotions and and all sorts of try and maneuver things. And there's people fighting against some of you in the sense that their hierarchy is maneuvering certain people for positions that you should have got. And God, just when it looks like God is about to lay their hands on that person for the promotion, he crisscrosses and he finds you. Anybody ever been a part of a crisscross blessing where where someone who was ahead of you and God just said, no, nah, I'm going to crisscross and choose you. Amen. It's a wonderful feeling because then no one gets to brag about the promotions and the blessings of God. But today I want to talk to you uh, on this final series, and then we're going to move into uh, a, a next for the next two and a two half two and a two and a half months. We're going to move into uh, really now that everybody's gotten settled, getting back to that book of doctrine, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. And I'm declaring that the next few months is going to be the season of the Holy Spirit, the season of the Holy Spirit. I'm hoping to have a 12 hour shut it in this church where we just from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., maybe on one of the Friday evenings where we just wait before the Lord and say, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, we're here. Now do what you do. Amen. I can hardly wait. It's going to be really exciting. We said, uh, so we're going to talk about circumstantial blessings. Circumstantial blessings. We talk about a cultural blessing, a cross blessing, and today we're going to talk about a circumstantial blessing. Amen. Um, as a working definition of the word blessing in the Old Testament, we said last week, and we've been saying regularly, to get it in your spirit, that the first thing God did after he created man and woman was to bless them. That's the first thing he did. The Bible says, and God blessed them and said, be what? Fruitful. In other words, be full of fruit and multiply. Be full of fruit and multiply and just go throughout the earth. Replenish the earth. And so that lets me know that the nature of God is not to judge me. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for you, but I, I was raised in old Pentecost as a kid where, where we were motivated to go to heaven by fear. Now I know that doesn't happen to, to you, but I was told more about hell than Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I get a witness out there? Okay. And I, 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 
I came to Jesus not because I wanted to leave sin. I came to Jesus because I don't like hot weather. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) But that's the wrong motivation. Fear is a terrible motivation. And I understand, and what I've discovered about the Holy Spirit is that God does not use guilt to drive us to him. He uses conviction. He he allows us to see ourselves to say, you know what? I really need to come to you as opposed to, oh, I'm such a creep that I really need to come to you. We found out that the word to bless in uh, in Hebrew is the word Barak. And for those of you who are new and you're saying, well, you know, the pastor, you know, I you know, his speaking style is interested in, and in the sense that, you know, what, if he's lecturing us, why doesn't he stand in the same place and lecture? It's because I'm going to get my steps in any way I can. Oh yes, I'm carnal. There's nothing spiritual about this. <laughs> Oh, you all look too serious. <laughs> Relax, we're going to have a wonderful time. This word Barak is an interesting word. And the word Barak, it means, to break it down, it means to humble oneself, to adorn God, and or to benefit a person. To humble oneself. It, it, it really literally means to kneel. To humble oneself. To adorn God. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Jesus have mercy. I, no, I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, to humble oneself. So if you see me walking like this, I, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Uh, to humble oneself, to adorn God, and to benefit man. The reason why we humble ourselves is because James chapter 4 verses 6 to 10 says um, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to, hum- to the humble. He gives grace. And the word grace uh, means favor. It means to promote. It means to appreciate. It means to side with. It means support. Um, the, the, I, I think it's Proverbs 3 verse 34. I can't remember. It says... Uh, if it's that scripture, but it's, it's a scripture that, and this is what, this is what James is quoting from. I should have looked it up, but it says, though the Lord be high, yet has he respect for the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. In other words, when you're pride, proud in heart, God, God, God really kind of moves away from you. And I think, because pride triggers off in God what messed up heaven. It reminds him of satanic behavior. James chapter 1 verse 5 verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourself to those who are older than you. Then he says, all of you. Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility because God resists the proud 
but he gives grace to the humble. Don't lift yourself up. God will lift you up. Now, it says to adorn God, meaning that the word adorn, as I said many times, it comes from two Latin words, A-D, which means toward, and orno, from which we get our word ornament. So to adorn means to put ornaments on God. God wants us to adore him. So when we use the words like Jehovah Jireh, we adorn him as one who provides. Actually, the word Jehovah Jireh is even better than it. We, we, we mistranslate it. It really means the Lord sees. Well, where does, where does provision come from? It means that he sees your situation and he's going to do something about it. <laughs> he's not a silent observer. He's going to do something. He sees what's going on and he's going to do something. Somebody needed to hear that. He sees where you are and he's going to do something about that. Uh, so he gives grace uh, to the humble and when we humble ourselves, uh, when we want to bless God, bless the Lord, oh my soul, I humble myself and I adore him. That's blessing to that blessing the Lord. And then uh, to bless, uh, not only to adore God, but to bless also means to benefit a person. The word benefit means to make them better. Actually, two Latin words, bene, which means well, buenas noches, means well, and it and fit means to suit. So, so when we bless somebody, we suit them well. When we bless somebody, we profit them. <laughs> when we bless somebody, we add value to them. There are some people who come into your life and when they finish, you feel drained. They'll just look straight, just in case they're around you. Uh, <laughs> just, just in case you're looking at somebody that said, he's talking about you, listen to this sermon. <laughs> and just look straight if they live in your home. But we're talking about that benefit should be to profit people. Benefit means not only to profit, it means to be of an advantage. It means to, when I, when I bless somebody, I am of worth. When I bless somebody, their response in their heart should be, thank God for such and such. There's one thing that we can use to bless people. And the one thing we can use to bless people, hopefully this works. Some of you are thinking other thoughts, but this is, this is one thing that we can use to bless people, and that is fruit. Fruit. Anybody like grapes? Fruit. Fruit. So, for example, uh, we bless God with fruit. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What's the sacrifice? That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks 
to his name. So when we bless God with fruit, did you say you like fruit? So when we bless God with fruit, oh, you like the pursuit. See, she's picky too. That's all right. <laughs> when anybody else? When we bless God with fruit, oh, people are like, I should have sat in the middle aisle. When we bless God with fruit, he's like, you double for you. He's like, I didn't forget. I, I, oh, I'll be back there for you all. My, my, when we bless God with fruit, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's like, mm, that was good. And grapes are like lay, now, unfortunately, I don't even know if they still do this commercials, but grapes are like lay potato chips. You can't. So when you say thank you, Jesus, he's like, oh, give me more. Give me more. Let me, God, I saw my, I saw my fan club back here. Yeah. And so I'm coming back to my, to my young people. Grapes, right? Yeah, look at them. Well, all sorts of eyes are, you know what? Why don't you just share them? Yay! Woo! <laughs> now hear that. When we bless God with fruit of our lips, he says yay. But there's another fruit that benefits people, and that is there's a fruit of praise that benefits God, but there's also a fruit that benefits people, and it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, 23, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, 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 goodness. The J.B. Phillips, Phillips translation translates the word goodness, generosity. So when we give people, anybody more fruit here? Uh, ah, oh my God, good to see you. You get two. He's like, please, sir. My man, my man, Ezra. No, I didn't forget you. In fact, oh, Pete McSweet. Okay, Ezra, this is what you're going to do for me, okay? While I'm preaching. Okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go up in the balcony, and why don't you hand out some grapes? You're going to be a blessing. There you go. Okay, so pray for my knee, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm I'm healed. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. See what happens when you get fruitful? You get healed. (laughs) And so as we give out fruit, even as Ezra is in the balcony giving out fruit, I believe God wants us every day we go on our jobs. Love. Joy, peace, patience, patience, patience. She gets on my nerves. How come she don't get on your nerve? Patience, generosity. Ooh, come on, let's go to lunch. Everybody's looking at the bill and you just grab it up. Generosity. 
Self-control. I'm going to go off on. Oh, self-control. Mm. <laughs> A culture of blessing. A culture of blessing. But this word that Jesus uses is not Barak. He uses the word when he's blessing the food. He uses the word is a Greek word, eulogale. Eulogale. Which is which we get our English word eulogy. They present Jesus a dead situation. And he speaks, he, he eulogizes the fish and the loaves. Oh my goodness. He eulogizes. Jesus, send them away. There's not enough. And Jesus takes the bread and the fish and he blesses it. He eulogizes it. Oh my goodness. See, here's the problem. Too many people speak from observation and give their explanation, but nobody's seeking a revelation. That's a bad word right there. In other words, the disciples said, observation, there's too many people. Observation, we're in a deserted place. Observation. Because Jesus said, what did Jesus say to them? You feed them. Now, when you read this out of context, you would think that, Jesus, that is really unfair what you did. But you need to understand they came off of about a two-week or a month tour doing miracles. (laughs) And then they came back and said, Jesus, what happened? We healed the sick. We raised the dead. Blind people. I mean, we, we are bad mama disciples. And so Jesus go, okay, let me see how you do this test in front of me. You feed them. And instead, too many people desert a place. Then they start to give, then they start to move from observation to giving Jesus an explanation on their observation. Turn your name and say, I think he's talking about you right now. (laughs) So they say, So the explanation now is there's not enough food and we don't have enough money to buy food. Which if (laughs) I'm having too much fun up here. If Matthew, they did, they sat in a lesson where he says, I know the number of the hairs on your head. I'm quite aware that there are about 20,000 people here. You don't have to tell me. So Jesus gives them a lesson. I'm talking about, I'm talking about circumstantial blessing. And he says to them, all right, you gave me your observation. You even gave me your explanation regarding your observation. 
But what's going to change this situation is not an observation. Any sinner can do that. What's going to change this situation is not an explanation. What's going to change this situation is a revelation. And so he says to them, first of all, have everybody sit down in small groups. Are you crazy, Jesus? We said set them away, and you're saying sit down. See, the kingdom of God is always going to be different. And so they sat down in small groups. Small groups of 50. 50 is the number of Jubilee. And Jubilee ends today at 630, the beginning of the new Jewish New Year. And some of you, and my wife and I, we were talking on the way to church of how many miracles and blessings God did for people. As we started listening, we're like, oh my God, this happened, this happened. So many people got blessed in, during the season of Jubilee because we said Jubilee means freedom. It means release. And God releases two things, people and property. And it's going to be, it's a fantastic season. We've seen amazing things in our own home. And for some of you say, well, I didn't get anything in Jubilee. So don't have to wait another 50 years. I got good news for you. Come out Tuesday. Anyway, <laughs> got good news for you. But, 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 these groups of 50 represents jubilee or freedom or liberty. Are you following me? And I want to give a plug because Jesus didn't feed the whole 5,000. He fed those who sat down in small groups. Mm. And I want to encourage you to get yourself in a small group, whether it's a small group ministry or a small group ministry. What do you mean? We have small groups led by wonderful, uh, competent people who will be a blessing to you. And then there's small groups such as, you know, the usher ministry is a small group. The parking lot ministry is a small group. Hospitality, these are small groups. Why? What, what are small groups? Small groups are community groups. Well, why should I be a part of a small group? I love this saying that uh, a woman by the name of Christine Northrup, she's a health expert. Some of you heard her. Uh, she said this word. Oh, I love it. She says, community builds immunity. When you are in a small group community, it builds up immunity towards sickness and disease. How many of you found that when you're in a small group of committed friends who who hold you accountable, who get in your business, can I get a witness, who love you, that you stop having crazy thoughts. It immunes you for doing something stupid. I'm going to leave my husband and sister, sister, child. Let me tell you about your stuff. And by the time your good friend in the community tells you about your stuff, you start saying, please don't leave me, husband. Please don't leave me. Somebody said, no, I don't. That's all right. That's all right. There's conviction for you. <laughs> Pastor Chandler told me this. Uh, I don't think he made it. I don't think it was original with him, but he's the last one that told me it, and I love it. He says, we, grow, we, we learn in isolation. 
but we can only grow in community. I don't know about you, but I was, you know, I bought all sorts of Bible books and studying and how to be a pastor and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I learned a whole lot about being a pastor, but I didn't grow being a pastor until I had a wife and children. Mm. You think you're grown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, th- <laughs> you think you read everything about patience. Mm. You think, I'll, I'll preach it this way, that way, okay. You think you learn everything <laughs> about what a giver you are and how considerate you are. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you get married <laughs> and you have a little baby. <laughs> And the baby wakes up every night at one o'clock in the morning. Doesn't go to bed till four o'clock in the morning. And you gotta get up for work at six o'clock in the morning. And soon you, and soon you thought that you were so patient. But after about two weeks, you elbow your wife. And you, in fact, you don't elbow her. You fake like you're sleeping. Hoping that she'll wake up at the midnight hour. Can I get a witness out there? Come on, folks. I've been married almost 34 years. And as long as you may think I'm a long way from it, but I learned every trick. The stretch trick. (sighs) The butt trip. You know, you you, what's that? You turn on your side and you go, oh. You use every trick to get this person up. (laughs) The snore trick. (laughs) Loud enough. Will you wake up, husband? (laughs) You think you are so wonderful. You think you're growing until you get in community. That's why God has you in this job with them crazy people. Because you thought you were a Christian until they brought you to the brink of swearing. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Don't look at me like that because people will bring you on the verse of cussing. So, or maybe you're looking at me because they already pushed you over the edge. <laughs> ah, ah, oh, come to the altar. The fire, there's forgiveness. But God is not doing that because he's just trying to, you know, mess with your mind. He's trying to let us know that we ain't as grown up as we think we are. And some of you all who are begging God, oh, give me a wife, give me a husband. God's saying, you know what? I'm trying to help a brother out. Just, you, you just, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Jesus took what he had and he blessed it. That's what I call a circumstantial blessing. Have you grabbed your circumstance as horrible as it is and say, I bless you? And Jesus didn't bless it. He first looked to heaven. 
and got a revelation. God, what do you have to say about this situation that looks horrible to everybody else? What do you have to say about my job? What do you have to say about my marriage? What do you have to say about my kids? What do you have to say about my career? Right now, it's going in the wrong direction. And God is saying, look to heaven. The writer said, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. Isn't it interesting that Jesus taught us to pray and the prayer was our father who in heaven. Find out what heaven has to say first before you open your mouth about your situation. The devil wants to con- us to concentrate on our circumstance and this is direction of hell <laughs> instead of looking up to heaven and say, heaven, what do you have to say about this? And God is saying, eulogize it. It looks dead, but eulogize it. Eulogize you, logos. You meaning good and logos meaning word are a God word. Speak a God word over your situation and watch me turn it around. The devil wants you to curse this situation. I'm saying to bless it. But you don't know how bad it is. Well, you have been explaining how bad it is for three or four years and it hasn't changed. How about looking to heaven? Lord, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. You think we're just singing these songs with, I look to you. I will, I will bless you, Lord my King. And we get in all the mood, but then we go back to not looking to him. Let me close with this. I, I promise I will. <laughs> We're in Romania and just finished a powerful ministry trip. We ministered at this church. It was God opened the doors. It was incredible. Well, we finished ministering at the largest charismatic church in the nation of Romania. It was pretty amazing. And so now the, the pastor wanted us, wanted to take us to this mountain where you can see this amazing view. So, um, I don't know if you can show the mountain good. And I mean, we were, we were high, we were high up. I was like, Jesus, as a matter of fact, he was like, Oh, pastor, why don't you stand against this rock over the edge so I could take a picture? I said, mm, mm, mm. Take a picture of me like this. Okay. No. Stand up there. I took a picture of him. He's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. Okay. That's right. That's all right. You. Yeah, you, I believe I can fly. Yeah, you can do that. So we were there, and and it's about it's because it was warm, like about seventy five ish. But when we went up, it was like fifty five, and I had on shorts and short sleeves, and I, you know, it's gonna be cool up there. I said, I'm from Boston, man. Come on. You know, I could, I, in other words, no, I know I could do 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes. So we get up there and I'm taking pictures. Oh, beautiful, beautiful view. Get back in the car. Okay. Okay. We're ready to leave. And it's about five o'clock getting dark. So he pressed. No, it wasn't even, it was click. And I was like, Oh, okay. Click. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Holy spirit. 
click. And I could tell that the pastor's getting more upset, but he's not like, like blowing his cool because the guest minister's next into him. And his wife, she's like, well, maybe we should just praise the Lord. And, and I, <laughs> husbands, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I'm having this peripheral vision and he's like, you know, <laughs> If the bishop wasn't next to me, he looked like, you know, I, I should curse in Romanian so he wouldn't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> and it, I mean, we were like, this was like about 40, this is about half an hour. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, we're on a mountain. What is it going to cost to bring a tow truck up? I mean, I'm all sorts of bad things. And now, you know, it's one thing to be up there in shorts from New England and it's 50 degrees out. You're like, I can handle, but now it's starting to get cold. And of course, she's like, Hey, Pat Bishop, I got a blanket for you. And, you know, it's a pink blanket. And I'm like, I ain't wearing no pink blanket. It's amazing how much your pride breaks down after she broke me down. So now I'm sitting inside with a pink blanket. And I'm like, God, is this how you reward your servant? <laughs> oh, it's bad. And, and, and so she starts. No, she's like, Jesus is going to do something. And I'm just like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was at least trying to act holy. The, 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 by the time then, the pastor, he's, he's, he, he ain't even trying to act saved anymore. He's just like, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. And, and she puts on, you're a good, good father. And so she starts saying, you're a good, good father. Who you are, that's who you are. And then Lady Common's sitting next to her. And Lady Common, I'm proud of her. She was like, and she joined, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And the husbands are sitting in front like, you know, and and I'm I'm like, okay. So I'm at least having, and he's just like, click, click. Click. And so the Holy Spirit says to me, you're already stuck. You might as well try it my way. So now I'm joining. You're perfect in all of you. So now there's three of us singing and he's like, click. <laughs> click, you, you traitor, you. <laughs> click. Then we all start singing. You're perfect in all of you. And we're singing it because we're stuck. We might as well, we might as well, we might as well bless our circumstance. So I get out of the car and pull up the hood like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm... (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. But because I pulled up the hood, all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me with this monk and this Jewish, not Jewish, this uh, Orthodox monk, if you can show the picture. Okay. And so he walks up to me And he notices that I'm in shorts. 
And he's like, cold, cold. And then he says, and he, and he says, Africa, right? Africa. Because he's saying, there's no way you could be in this kind of weather and be from Africa. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 New England, Boston, cold. And they go, oh, okay, okay. So he says, what's wrong with the car? And he, no, broken English. And he says, um, and I said, well, you know, it's a BMW. And I was like, the car just won't start. And he said, oh, my friend down there, he, he knows BMWs. So I'm like, oh, he turned it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. So now he comes up with another monk. And this monk was like, like, he must have been resurrected from, you know, the dead or something, because when I went to shake his hands, he's like, don't touch me. You know, having ascended to my father. I was like, that's cool, you know. <laughs> cool. Felt like I said, I'm a bishop, you know. <laughs> don't let the shorts and t-shirt fool you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the, the guy who knows the BMW, he's doing things, and he finds hey, there's a chip that's been you know, on something wrong. Da, da, da. And they're still playing here. You're good, good. For, I mean, they're still playing it and singing all these worship songs, and and so the the don't touch me guy, <laughs> and he's not saying anything. The BMW guy, he's doing things. And he said you need to call, and he's calling mechanic friends and whatnot. The guy, he walks behind our car. The, the he bows down and he prays. He gets back up. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he gets back up and he walks away. And so the pastor goes, click, and the car starts. And we're like, I ran after him. Can I have the power? No, I did. I did. I did. And the Lord said to me, uh, first of all, I was like, you know, like the disciple, why couldn't I do that? We had two pastors. And, and, and he said, I turned this situation because you blessed me when the situation was horrible. You declared in the midst of this situation, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I am declaring to you that if you would give a circumstantial blessing over your situations, you've complained about it, you've bickered about it, you've told friends about it, and then said, pray, <laughs> bless your situation, and watch what God will do.